This week's episode is brought to you by Syncfusion. Xamarin and Xamarin Forms makes mobile development with C-Sharp a reality, and Syncfusion continues to offer the largest set of tools for Xamarin on the market. Visit syncfusion.com slash mergeconflict to register for a live webinar being held on February 21st, 2017, with Syncfusion's product manager, Chad Church, who will make you fall madly in love with their 10 most popular charts in Essential Studio for Xamarin. Head to syncfusion.com slash mergeconflict to find out more. Frank, I was doing some awesome, awesome hacking this week on my supercomputer. You you own a supercomputer? Okay, well, when I say supercomputer, I don't mean about these modern, crazy supercomputers. I'm talking about my home supercomputer, which is a powerhouse machine that I built with my bare hands and Newegg, basically, uh, many a few a few years ago. And I'm doing this charity event uh, in a few weeks, actually. And I needed to upgrade it, um, which is something that not a lot of people do nowadays. One, people don't really build computers, nor do they upgrade their computers anymore. Um, Maybe they shove a flash drive in it. But I need to upgrade my RAM. I needed to upgrade um, and put in this Elgato HD60 Pro uh, video capture card so I could do some Twitch streaming. And I opened up this supercomputer, Frank, and I built maybe like three or four years ago. And man, it is a thing of beauty. Like It is just so clean inside. It's liquid-cooled. Uh, it's amazing. Okay, so rewinding a bit, it turns out James's definition of a supercomputer means a desktop computer. <laughs> I yes. guess that shows how the world has advanced that notebook computers are the norm now. So supercomputer, good word. It, I think it actually applies. I think the, like the old definition of supercomputer was like how many floating point instructions it could do per second. And I mm-hmm. think we kind of crossed that barrier in like the early 2000s or something. So these are technically supercomputers. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, to me, to me, they're they're really unique. And you know, when I talk to my fellow nerds that have built the, you know, their their computers, and we started building computers together, um, it's just a really unique experience. And I don't think a lot of people um, are, are building computers anymore. And I remember listening to uh, the Waz about him building like the Apple computers and putting these parts. And oh, well, that's a little different. I it's think a little when- different, but. <laughs> But when built I built my first crash. computer, it was like magic, right? You you put these components and you hit on and it doesn't do anything. And you're like, oh, what did I do? Right. And then you go flip <laughs> the little other things and you hit it again and it turns on like that, that, you know, the dot, like not the DOS mm-hmm. problem, the, um, the, the bios pop up. The and beep, like, you, beep. you re- always remember there were like different beep codes. Like if you screwed up, if you forgot to like seat the RAM completely or you forgot to seat the CPU completely, then the computer would beep at you. Nowadays, yeah. I think like maybe it shows like a hex code. Like people, like they're so lucky. Otherwise, yeah. you had to like read through this manual half in Chinese that tells you beep beep means this, beep 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 means that. Yeah, yeah. those were the good old days. I I still enjoyed that. I did that as a kid. I I loved building it. I built one of my first computers, and I was so proud of it. Yeah. What's your What's your first build build story? I mean, I think <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to kind of talk about our heritage of of building computers and. <laughs> And um, just why people still build computers while we're still building computers. What's your first yeah. build story? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll try not to make myself sound too old here or anything. But um, in, in, in 1922, <laughs> no. I had a lot of hand-me-down computers, so I didn't have to build one for quite a while. But in high school is when I first built a computer, and I did it because I wanted a big, powerful computer. Mm-hmm. I had upgraded the family's computer pretty relentlessly. We had uh, added RAM of course and we actually added a coprocessor a pentium coprocessor so the original computer was a 486 it was pre-pentium but then we 
added a Pentium. You don't swap them out. You added it. It was added, so weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted a clean break from that. So um, I saved up money and it took me like a year to save up the money. And I collected a list of parts. I think I was still using magazines back then. I don't actually remember how we used to order parts back then. And I came up with this list and somehow sent a check or something ridiculous like that in the mail i guess <laughs> probably waited way too long because we didn't have amazon and delivery notifications or anything like that and yeah got the big pile of boxes yeah that, that's that's the fun part is yeah you get all these boxes they're all Still piling up that. and you're like let's put it all together and like you're like i'm not even sure how to like there's not like <laughs> you buy like here's the motherboard here's it like all right i'm gonna they used to come with so many extra screws and you're just like, wow, uh, I hope I didn't forget something because there's a million of these. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even putting, I remember the first time I put a, a CPU on a motherboard, it was the most terrifying <laughs> thing because you had to put yeah. the, 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 like the gel, you know, like oh. on it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the pins. The pins oh, are the so pin. fine and, and you got to drop them pins. into that. Yeah. Oh, you're bringing it all back. Yeah, you got to put the thing, and then you got to put yeah, the heat sink, yeah, and then you put the pins in. Else. Oh my gosh, like that's terrifying. And you're like, I just spent like three hundred dollars. <laughs> so I actually had a friend who uh, messed up at uh, dropping the CPU into the socket and broke one of the pins off, and Came this over. was devastating. It was a very expensive uh, uh, chip. But fortunately, at the time, I was in college, I was an electrical engineering student in college, and I actually soldered the pin back on to the, uh, onto the chip mount thing, whatever. <laughs> and I was so proud of myself because uh, I had always freaked out about just dropping them in the sockets. But at this point, I was able to actually re- rebuild a pin on the socket. We dropped it in and the stupid thing worked. It was a small That's miracle. Crazy. That's crazy. One of my proudest moments in my life, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember, I remember, it's so funny that you said you started also building computers. Well, not even just starting building computers, but modifying the family computer. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. That's how I started. You got to learn somewhere. Poor family. (laughs) You got to learn somewhere. And, you know, I was of the age where I was an AOL kid and that was my first Mm -hmm. like introduction to the internet. So I didn't get computers until I was in my teens, really. Um, so it it took quite a long time for me to get a computer and we didn't get, uh, cable internet for a long, long time. It was all dial up, downloading things from Napster at four kibs per second. Um, and it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't even know where I ordered the parts from. I'm like, this is (laughs) pre-internet. I'm like, how did we do anything back then? How did we accomplish Anything. I don't yeah I'm so yeah we had this little HP I, I just replaced it for my parents like five years ago it must have been 20 years old and I remember opening it for the first time and it's this little compact computer and I upgraded the hard drive on it to like mm-hmm. a 20 gig hard drive oh, yeah. and I remember upgrading the RAM which was like the most <laughs> cool experience of my life from like 64 megabytes Ooh. Yeah, to 120, I don't know, 128 or something like that. It was like so minimal, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now I just like shoved my computer as 32 gigs of RAM. I just I just buy 16 gig chips, you know, for 50 bucks a piece. But I remember opening it up and it's like, and I'm not an electrical engineer. I'm not a, mm-hmm. you know, a hardware engineer by trade at all. But I remember opening it up and it just was fascinating to me. Like all yeah. these magical things all came together and there was a computer and I could just take something out 
and I could put this in as long as it was compatible. I remember the compatibility layer of it. As long as, plug so in, as, long as the plugs fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as the plugs fit. And again, I have no idea where I bought the hard drive, nor do I know, have any <laughs> idea where I bought that memory card for the memory stick bomb. Um, but it was there and I totally upgraded it to, to my most modern experience of, I, I just upgraded and I bought my, my parents a little NUC. Do you know about these Intel NUC machines? Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're so cool. There's like these mini computers. Uh, um, I recommend these for any, anyone that wants a family computer. So they're a mini PC. You can buy them for a few hundred bucks. They have the processor all set up for you. And all you do is buy an SSD and a, um, a memory card you like take off the back put it in and you have a whole computer like built in five minutes done it, it's bananas okay I, d- I don't even want to talk about the present yet we, we have to go back to that because i have to tell my ram story all right we're, we're, we're not off of the past yet <laughs> no, i went either. from i went from four megabytes to eight megabytes and i gotta tell you the reason why because i wanted to play the star trek 25th anniversary game I went to the store and I got the game for my birthday and I was so excited. I wanted to play the game, but oh my God, it required eight megs of RAM and the stupid computer just wouldn't run it. (laughs) So that was my first experience. And I had to um, basically renegotiate and beg uh, for a bigger birthday present, which included lots of RAM. And I had to chip in my own money because I think even back then, four megabytes of RAM was something still like two or three hundred dollars, something crazy. And so it actually became quite a big deal just to get this one stupid video game to work that's awesome though i mean that's just like a cool and then it's like that literally doubled like your machine's power you know what i mean oh it was huge huge. well for me it opened up a lot of other video games too that was that was my selling point to my father was uh well maybe you can do something with your spreadsheets but hey look look at all these games i can play (laughs) (laughs) get this this is an important upgrade for us as a family it's needed (laughs) yeah and, and I remember, I was, so I went off to college, so I never still built a computer. I went off to yeah. college, and we bought just a Dell computer. You know, I didn't, I, I was into it. I was going to buy, you know, build my own machine. But my parents were like, oh, this is your going away gift. You know, I was off to college. Mm-hmm. It's great. But my roommate was super into gaming. And, and I was always yeah. a gamer all my life, right? I worked at GameStop for a long time. And I was, I was more of a console gamer instead of a PC gamer. But he mm-hmm. got me into PC gaming. And I remember him building his own PC and he helped, he let me help him. And this was the first experience with dropping the CPU in and putting on the heat sink and not, met, not don't drop don't that screwdriver that. on the motherboard. Um, you know, and he, push the Ram in and, and don't let the motherboard bend, but it's going to bend a little because they never fit in correctly. Exactly. Exactly. And he got one of those really, really early, um, um, um cooling systems like water cooled, systems and he had like a reservoir like he had like fill the reservoir and like yeah i I, i've never gone that distance that seems i i think people do that nowadays still uh it's for overclocking i think you can get smaller systems which are still technically water cooled but you don't have like a reservoir or a giant pump or anything it's Mm -hmm. a pretty tight system but oh my god i never had the courage for that like i never wanted to put water anywhere near my computer i was like nope staying away from that world yeah when 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 i saw him do that it, it turned me off immediately he, he loved it because he was overcoming himself and i was like no way i will never do that ever um which is so cr- crazy but actually my computer that i have my supercomputer that i have now actually mm-hmm. has one in it aha uh-huh. see yeah the modern they're, one they're so modern i mean they're plug and play like you literally it's like putting on a fan 
you just put on yeah. the fan and it's and it's not it's not like water or liquid it's just a special goop and it never it's all sealed so it never evaporates or anything like that and it always works no matter what it, it's quite amazing yeah. i have a corsair h55 which is probably out of you know out of date now yeah it, it oh no it's still there it's 60 dollars. <laughs> i mean it, it's it's crazy you just like slap it on there and it's you know it's yeah, cool. I mean, in, in the olden days, you would just use the little fan that came with the CPU, and that thing was fine. And then I remember the first time where I actually like seriously looked into fans because people were all warning me that these things overheat. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that was the first time I actually spent like over fifty dollars for a fan. fan. And now nowadays, it's all water cooling. Plus, I'm sure you still pay for the big, gorgeous fans. I mean, people love to show show off their cases, still, right? Still, a thing. yeah. I, w- People like those like see-through ones. They'll put lights in right. them and they'll do all this stuff. Right. I'm all into the fractal. That's what I was into. I was into fractal. Um, what does that be- mean? It, that's the name of the company that makes these cases. Ah. I have a fractal design define R4 case. Um, it, it's really beautiful. Just a really elegant case, like nothing fancy. And how I built computers, how I got into them is I built my first computer as a home server. Um, I used uh, Windows, like home, it was like Windows home server at the time. I remember that version. I was really excited because I think I even installed it at that point. So you were yeah, you were inspired by the software? <laughs> I was inspired by the software and I was also really getting into like home theater PCs and where am mm-hmm. I going to put all this data? Like in college I started building games. I started realizing that having one hard drive wasn't enough. So I, I, and I wanted data security and this wasn't like, Oh, I can just go buy a terabyte on Google drive and shove it up there. This was 2006, you know, data storage on the internet was expensive and it's still kind of expensive. And, but, and we have external drives because that's what I was using primarily back then. But you, mm-hmm. you just know in the back of your head that this external drive is just going to blow up someday and it won't matter anymore. Exactly. And it, and it, it I, I ran down that rabbit hole of like, do I want like a RAID 2, a RAID 5, a RAID 10? Like, how do all these things work? And I was in my mind and buying these red hard drives and these black hard drives and like all these different, you know, Western digital drives. And it was exciting because that was the first version of like a Windows server because I wasn't going to go spin up a server like Windows server itself. This is Windows home server. This was like the server that a normal person should be able to understand. Mm-hmm. It can transcode your video and you can remote share and do all this stuff. It was like your little mini cloud drive in, in a way. And, and did it also have email? I almost remember it having like mm-hmm. some kind of exchange or did it or? I think it did. I think you could install, it could have installed exchange. Or I think it has a little S- project. I think it had an SMTP like built into it or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember time. building one of these and it was my first build and it was quite a, a monstrosity. <laughs> I mean, just... Wait, uh, enumerate the ways, because I can, I can guess so many. Was it um, um, a cable mess? Did you have drives everywhere because your RAID array was crazy? Did you... Mm, Keep you listening. Your... All, all these, I'm just okay, nodding. Okay, let me... <laughs> I'm nodding. I'm <laughs> you, just you nodding. You had extra power cables because you didn't get a power supply that correctly matches your drives, so you have lots of daisy chaining going on. You got the two, the one to two output because you need to convert like the SATA to like the, the old like prong ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and you probably put in a CD drive just because it was 2005 or whatever because you need had, one of those. Ha- had to have one. And then, of course, you didn't have that extra power converter, so you did have to get yet another one to two converter that you're daisy chaining <laughs> even more off of. Yes. Uh, and then you had all the wires because you probably had a really cool, complicated front panel. So mm-hmm. did you did you have all that? That is all correct. Yeah, wires. wires were dangling all the way from the back, all the way to the front, <laughs> just to like 
handle the fan mm-hmm. you know it's terrible nowadays uh i actually just tape the wires now i, I don't even bother like routing them or doing a nice job i just like move them to a side and then like just tape them to the case like yeah they're not moving anywhere <laughs> yeah it, it was like it was that time where i went on and i was like these are all the parts that are compatible and just because all the mm-hmm. parts are compatible doesn't mean that it's going to make a beautiful oh machine like hey it worked great it worked great but you opened it up and you're like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, how do you, how do you toggle anything in and out? Um, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the the current computer that I keep upgrading, um, just this big PC I keep in my living room. It's actually left over from my college days. Like the case, I keep changing out the internals. But there are drives inside the case which I don't remember anything. I. They're there because I'm afraid to get rid of them because I feel like there used to be important stuff on them, but I'm just afraid. So this case is just over time accumulated drives inside of it. And someday I'm going to have to like, I don't know, <laughs> go back and dig through history. It'll be ugly. Yeah, I, I got pretty lucky. I was pretty smart. My most recent build that I did <clears throat> was because I wanted to get into gaming. I really got out of the server stuff. I ended up building another home. I've built three home servers at this point now, and I finally said I'm done with servers and then I bought a ready NAS from from uh from Netgear and I simply love it it runs my Plex server and all that stuff and it, it and you just plug in hard drives and it's done I don't care and I'm like I don't want this big machine but I was really lucky because I was smart about when I was building my new machine I'm like I'm gonna give myself a pretty pretty nice budget two to three grand which isn't too crazy you know it's like a really really nice MacBook Pro um, I'm going to get some nice processor, very nice machine for that. Cause I think 1500 oh, yeah. is like your, I can build a very nice machine for 1500. I can mm-hmm. build a machine for under a thousand. I can build yeah. a nice one for 15. So if your budget goes up to three grand, you can get, well, a supercomputer, I guess. <laughs> that was the idea. I'm like, I want super nice, like power supply units because I went, people make the mistake. I swear of just buying that generic power supply unit. I buy the modular ones. Yeah. Those are so nice. They always you fail. Can, yeah. That's that's always the failure I have with my home built computers is always the power supply. And I kick mm-hmm. myself every time. But I because, yeah, you, you, you go to the store, you're like, why am I going to spend two hundred dollars when this one's fifty dollars with a coupon? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. Why would I? Yeah. Why do I buy this hard drive over that hard drive? They're both a uh, 256 uh, SSD. Yeah. They are definitely a difference. Like I, I'm all about my friend. I helped my friend Jesse build a supercomputer. Um, again, the word supercomputer, not truly a supercomputer, but his supercomputer. And he got me into this like platinum certification of power and the modular design. Cause you just plug and play whatever you need. And that's mm-hmm. nice because you never use necessarily all of the cables that are inside of there, but you can just mix and match whatever you want. And they're all labeled nicely. I mean, I literally opened up. So I was, I had 16 and I have a whole Google doc. It's literally called supercomputer. <laughs> I think 2014 is, is when I built it. And I had new egg links to every single thing I purchased. So I needed new Ram. I clicked on the Ram link and I ordered some more. Um, I can, I can, I can put this in the show notes probably, but it's like, here's the, here's the hard drives that I put in. Here's all the, like everything to a T, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and I opened it up. So this is nice because the case has a, has a fake wall. Like there's a, the wall where you mount normally a CPU case you'll, or a computer case, you'll mount the CPU to the wall, but this one, you mount it to a fake wall in between and all the cables go behind. So when you open oh, this yeah. thing up, there's no cables. You don't see anything. It's gorgeous. 
It's like the original Macs when Apple used to make desktop Macs. They Mm -hmm. were just inspiring when you opened them up, especially coming from the perspective of building my own computers. The first time I got like the G4, was it a G4 Mac? Whatever, the big big cheese grater one. And it had this cool little lever. You just popped it and the door folded open. Then there were like just uh, clear plastic labeled trays for each hard drive with clearly labeled everything. All wires were in these like bundles, so you, there were no individual wires. It was just a work of art, that case. And I've always wanted to aspire to it. Sounds like the PC case people are starting to catch up. That's awesome. I think, I think so. I, I think so. And that, that's the idea. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a Mac Pro. Because that thing is pretty, the, the trash can is quite wow. gorgeous. <laughs> that, you can't that, open that it. Different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what I was referring to. <laughs> yeah, I know which ones you were talking about, though. But even that one is impressive. Like, I know you can't really upgrade it or do anything, but it is pretty gorgeous. Yeah, it's impressive, but in the, it's in the same camp as a laptop. It's not mm. really that upgradable. Yeah. I think we're talking about getting your hands dirty. Yeah. I, I do love it. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty great. And, and the nice thing is, well, so when... When people go into, here's my like tip when I was building this computer, is when you go into building a supercomputer, like I really want this gaming computer, to be honest, spend an extra few bucks here and there for a little bit better processor, a little bit better GPU. <laughs> li- because, because here's what happens is, is if you buy, if you buy just like the lower end graphics card, that gets out of date really quick. Where I still have like a pretty high end GTX card in there that I bought like three years ago and like it's pretty great right like like it's pretty much going to handle anything that i throw at it still at this point and i'm pretty okay i'm not doing 4k gaming and if i wanted to do that i'd get a new card but you know i I opted for the ssds for instance instead of a you know um hybrid drive i think we could we, we could really talk about just how much fun it is to play the whole puzzle game of assembling in a, com- a computer on newegg or whatever your favorite online store is but yeah. yeah uh i i think sometimes if i'm just like stressed out or like maybe if i'm procrastinating or something i feel just fun and kind of like zen like to just go build a pc on newegg yeah. i have so many pre-built pcs on there that i've never purchased i have no real intentions of ever purchasing but i'm like Let's see if I can build an eight core machine for under a thousand dollars. Let's see if I can build a two video card machine for two thousand dollars. And I don't, God, I could, it's just so relaxing to me to just put the puzzle pieces together and get a cool computer out of there. It's super relaxing. You know what else is relaxing, Frank? What's that? Raygun. Raygun, our sponsor this week, is essentially everything that you need for your applications when it comes to crash reporting to help you detect and diagnose software errors. Just like when your computer that you just built won't turn on, Raygun (laughs) will tell you why your software is not working. They'll give you amazing native and managed crash reportings for any application you build, whether it's mobile built with Objective-C, Java, or Xamarin, web, and JavaScript, or any of those other crazy frameworks like uh, that are out there. It'll automatically pick up your on, uh, uncaught exceptions, and of course, you can track your own. It integrates all your great services like Slack, GitHub, Zendesk, VSTS, anything, and more. It's amazing. I love Raygun. I highly recommend everyone go to raygun.com slash merge conflict. You can get a full 30 day trial of all the amazing tools that Raygun offers for your applications. Spend more time developing great software and less time fighting it. Cannot thank Raygun enough. Head to raygun.com slash merge conflict. Thank you, Raygun. Thanks, Raygun. 
Yeah, it's it's actually quite interesting. When I do the same thing, I'm not going to lie. Like every once in a while, I just get that 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 drive just to go build something. You know, I just want to build something. I don't want to spend two thousand dollars, but I want to see the pieces come together. Uh, yeah. And it's a really rewarding experience uh, to to put a computer together and and see it turn on for the first time. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I never want to do that again. But then, <laughs> and then because you're like, then you do it, and you're like, oh, am I do? I don't even use it, yeah. but. It's pretty awesome. I don't know. And it's amazing I, I how think, far things have come. I, I think it's nice kind of, it's turned into more of a hobby thing. So mm-hmm. uh, building your PC tends to serve as a hobby, maybe a gaming hobby, maybe a media hobby, maybe just a high performance computing hobby. I think that's why where it's kind of gone. In, in the bad old days, this is how you had to do it if you didn't want to, you know, pay for an expert to do it for you. And so we, we did it out of necessity. But nowadays, I think you're doing it because you kind of love it and you just yeah. want a specially tailored machine to your particular need like i've i've been doing stuff with neural networks and in that case really powerful gpus and having lots of gpus has been is like a big deal so i'm tempted to go out there and see like oh can i build a computer that has two or maybe even four gpus on it you know what can i actually push and it's a hobby but it's a really fun one yeah i think so and i think now what i'm doing is i'm switching over to to streaming because like as my desires started for this machine to become my gaming machine it's now kind of turning into my streaming machine which is nice because it's a little bit older but upgrading the 32 gigs of ram putting this elgato card into it for this event that i'm doing i can just literally lug around this tower plug it in and now anyone i can plug in game machines i can stream from it i could plug my iphone into it and, and stream directly to twitch like with very yeah, little experience tell, tell me about this card you got here so this is a video input card Input and output. So when you're streaming, so I do these Mots Codes Live on YouTube where I'm on my Surface Book, right? I just have a laptop and I, I use OBS, which is this open source streaming tool. Um, and you can stream to it. And that's fine if you just want to stream your desktop. So if you're gaming today on your on your machine, you don't need any game capture cards, right? Because it's your machine. Your and OBS will say, hey, what window do you want to stream? And you can drag and drop it around. Just kind of cool. Sounds reasonable. So but what when do you... Yeah. What's the yeah. Problem? When you when you want to maybe plug in um, an Xbox One or a Nintendo Switch, or you right. want to plug in your iPhone into your machine and actually stream that right into a PC, not into a mm-hmm. into a um, Mac, for instance. I mean, you want that pure output. You need to get a game capture card or a video capture card. Oh, okay. And that's uh-huh. what this puppy is. Is it very expensive? No, they're they're actually really really cheap surprisingly and the idea here is that it has an in an hdmi in and an hdmi out because that's nice because let's say you did have a supercomputer um, gaming machine and you don't want to like have it be gaming and streaming at the same time you could then plug it into another machine with this card that would offload the streaming that'd be pretty pro i think to do that yeah. and that would be your, your setup so there's a bunch of different varieties of these there's just a usb that you could just do usb 3 um streaming to this one's an internal PCIe card because it's in my supercomputer tower. So why not <laughs> leverage the power of PCIe and the, the bandwidth? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this thing will do 1080, 1080p, okay. 60 frames per second streaming. And this card was 170, I think. And it has a, this one's kind of cool because it actually has transcoding in real time. Like it has a H264 hardware encoding, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this is like a studio mixer. If you were in a video production studio and you had a bunch of cameras and a bunch of things like that, you would have a big mixing board, a video mixing board. So this mm-hmm. is like a one input video mixing board. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you have one, you, you plug in your Xbox into this and then there's an out, which then you would plug into your TV again. So you're gaming on your TV, but then you're streaming from your mm-hmm. PC, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and... And this is what you've devoted your supercomputer to. <laughs> it is. It, it basically is. Well, it, it's also my home development machine. And it's really nice to have a, a home development machine that has 32 gigs of RAM and has a super powerful GPU and CPU inside of it. Because mm-hmm. your tower machines are always going to be more powerful than your yeah. laptop, right? Than my Surface Book. Um, it's really yeah. nice to boot up Visual Studio. And it's just like, and everything <laughs> works so fast. You know? <laughs> Look, eight cores. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I the last time I actually upgraded mine, I, I actually use mine mostly as a media PC. So I have a computer hooked up to my TV and it's able to, you know, it's able to use every Internet service. I basically just have a web browser open constantly <laughs> and that's my media browsing. But I do also use it for a tiny bit of gaming. I'm not a big PC gamer anymore, but I got an Oculus Rift, mm. which had some pretty hefty... Uh, video card requirements yeah yeah so i had to go out there and spend the big bucks and squeeze it in my god have you seen well you must have the the modern video cards they're like whole computers i feel like i'm inserting a computer into my computer they have their own power input because they they take so much power that the PCIe can't power them. They, you need to give them direct power from and your... And even then, I wasn't sure if my power supply was big enough for it. Because that I, was my concern. Yeah, when I got my when my power supply for this, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I guess I do need like a thousand watt or whatever. Yeah, give me all the watts. If you got yeah. a 2,000 or out there, I'll take a six pack. <laughs> I'll take yeah. a six pack. <laughs> Okay, so I put this big expensive video card in, and what's the very first thing I see in my virtual reality world? It's a warning box saying your CPU is not fast enough. Oh, no. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) So I've been using it in this state for probably, I don't remember how long, but at least like six months or something like that. And it's fine. But the stupid error dialogue comes up on every game I play. Every time I go to my home screen, your CPU is not fast enough. So any day now, I'm going to actually have to pull the trigger on one of my new egg carts. Actually, Are you going to need to buy a whole new motherboard or could you upgrade the CPU separately or is it just like, screw I it? I can definitely take, this is the cool thing about PCs, right? Yeah, I can definitely buy um, a, a new CPU that will meet the Oculus's requirements. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I don't know, if I'm going to do that, then you might the as well get the, get the motherboard RAM CPU at least. Yeah. They, they feel like a combo. They are. And, and they, they all seem to like pair together really nicely with recommended settings um, right. that are there. I, I was in the same boat. I bought, mm, I mean, I, as I said, I got into home servers. And, and the reason I actually became a mobile developer is because I really got into home theater PCs. So I was really into building That's my right. own computer that sat next to there. I had cable cards built into them and I was doing home oh, uh, Windows Media Center. Much more uh, advanced than me. Yeah, you I got, got the I cable got into, card. Yeah, I got into like really like 
like really heavy uh, hardware. And then I was like, well, what's the minimal hardware down to this? Like, mm-hmm. what's the minimal viable product that I could get this, you know, home theater PC and streaming live television to and doing recordings with? Right. I, I, I've mm-hmm. tried to do that too, where I, I've tried to buy like they have um, uh, PC cases that look like set top boxes. They look like just mm-hmm. a stereo component or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the micro ATX format or whatever things are mm-hmm. these days, but oh, yeah. It was super cool because you could make it look like a proper piece of video equipment instead of this, you know, ugly thing full of stickers or whatever. Yeah. And and what I always ran into is like it always worked great for me. But then in, oh, yeah. in, when I ever have friends over or have family over, it, it never really works to have like this, like to have a real computer <laughs> under there. There's no software that made it all come together nowadays right. i'm all android tv i know like my parents are all yeah. apple tv and yeah. i now have this ready nas running plex and it just handles everything i actually thought yeah. about putting a git server on my plex server because i thought that would be fun that's the first <laughs> thing i get these little tiny things I'm like, hmm, can i put a git server on that because that would be cool you can put a git server anywhere it turns yeah. out yeah basically <laughs> well uh the the home PC so far, I've just um, ignored the issue of other people trying to use the devices. I, I take that back. I, I still, to my life, will never get a stereo receiver as a part of like my home entertainment just because I can't stand the concept of like a second box that may or may not turn on for audio. Mm-hmm. So I like to keep that setup simple. But when it comes to actually finding media and making media play on my TV... Well, that's your problem. Learn the system or get out. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I'm not getting. Then I, I just kind of get into that. Um, that what are the, what are the actual complicated parts? Because often when you're putting like home theater PCs together, it's like, well, I need to worry about the IR receiver and like, do I really want a keyboard and mouse? And like, what's my optimal experience? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to do this for a friend who had a little home uh, theater setup and had a projector in the back of the room but the poor projector didn't have any of the right cables and you had to buy converters between everything we were just having a dickens of a time and that's why i finally concluded to just put a raspberry pi up there if we could because oh, <laughs> it cool. turns out yeah it turns out these little electronics have gotten really powerful these days yeah have you built have you gone through a because i mean that's the thing is building a supercomputer is awesome but actually building like microcomputers seem even micro more complicated. Micro supercomputers. That would be an actually interesting stat to find out if uh, what I said in the beginning about your number of floating point operations per second. I wonder if any of the, uh, are the phones beating that number? Are our phones supercomputers? They probably are. So is a Raspberry Pi a supercomputer? Probably. Yeah. I mean, a Raspberry Pi is definitely way more powerful than the first computer I had growing up. I'm, I'm, probably, yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so it turns out Raspberry Pis can display video. <laughs> they can <laughs> create audio, and you can plug USB stuff into them. They have HDMI out. You can't do 4K or anything with it, but it, it's a reasonable little uh, baby supercomputer to build if you just want to start out. Yeah, and I feel like there's like full kits together. Like that was the whole, whole thing with building a computer, even if you're building a, a, a software development computer. That's why a lot of people just buy a laptop. So like it's all put together, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the Raspberry Pi, there's a lot of kits that you can just buy. Like here's everything where with a computer, you can buy a kit, but then, I don't know, you're really, you're, it becomes expensive, right? A Raspberry Pi kit is like $100 or $150, wow. like on the high end where 
when you're investing on a computer kit that's two thousand dollars i think you really want to customize it you know yeah um, when you're spending that money that's when you go on to oh do people use tom's hardware anymore where do people oh, yeah. go ars technica i don't even know that's when you start reading all the graphs that's when mm-hmm. you start <laughs> comparing like ooh, do i really need pixel shader version eight thousand twelve point two it runs quake a little better i don't know <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I, was, I i have fun with the charts too that that's an exciting yeah. part for me i have to admit that that was my biggest thing when i was building my machine was go it's all i'm all tom's hardware all the time okay. i would go to like gpu and like you could do like the versus sites you're like oh this gpu uh-huh. versus that gpu and all the different specs and i'm literally opening the case that i have I'll put it in the show notes, but it's quiet gaming cases part two, and they review a Corsair, a fractal and a gigabyte. And my mm. mind's on here and, uh, they, they review your, all of it. That's your coolant system. This is my, um, my, my tower, um, case, my case. Oh, the case. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's kind of cool to see like these breakdowns and you're looking for something specific. And I mean, there's so many great resources I use. Basically I'd use Newegg because they have really good tools of mixing, matching things together. I would then use Tom's hardware for basically all the the CPU and GPU I, I breakdowns. I use it for tiebreakers because usually I, I come to a conclusion of like, I want to spend 150 or maybe 200 on the motherboard. So then I go find three or four in that price range. And then I go look at graphs and I really nerd out. <laughs> yeah. And then I pick it based on color. Usually I just go for the motherboard that looks coolest. That's true. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, yeah, th- and if you've never been in Tom's hardware, there's all sorts of great stuff, but they kind of do like the like this month's top whatever or you know graphics card and and there's budget ones and there's full bake ones there's all sorts of different ones that do rounds up roundups so if you're really interested in getting like a new gtx 10 series like a 1070 or something you could figure out like what's actually optimal for you i mean i'm looking at some of the sizes of these brand new gpus holy bananas that's that's what i put in my case was a 1070 i believe oh nice i felt like i was plugging an apple computer into this computer <laughs> just <laughs> i can't i can't get over it <laughs> it was so heavy like <laughs> i didn't even know if it would stand there I, I thought like maybe i should get like some like steel i don't know pillars to hold it up and like bolt it in or something and maybe get some steam pumps working to i don't know <laughs> oh man I, need, I, I gotta get one of these i gotta get one <laughs> now i i mean it's just i don't even know if it'll fit in my case no it probably won't yeah (laughs) but my case was old enough that i could just bend the metal (laughs) oh nice that's good (laughs) yeah yeah well and and that's always the joy too is when you get that big uh big set of boxes after your first purchase and nine out of ten things all fit together except for that one out of ten that doesn't quite fit but i think that's part of the fun too honestly it's super frustrating when you get to that point i remember one time uh scott hanselman was live streaming the building of one of his computers and it just wouldn't boot up like he he did everything fine he had like all the nerds on the channel everyone was helping him out but the stupid computer just wouldn't boot up (laughs) oh man every time i build a computer it's the same story like literally there's the power button and you have to put in these tiny little itty bitty like little (laughs) things into these little pins and i would always just put them in the wrong spot 
And I would just sit there like moving them around until the power button actually did something, you know, because oh, it's like the switch, one, yeah, the switch contacts, the switch contacts, you're like, oh, just like, and they just you're like squinting, you're squinting in the manual and the, you can't get the orientation right in the manual. Do you, oh, do you read so the manual? Funny. Are you a manual reader? No, just like put it together, oh. just shove it together, <laughs> whatever. Hey, manual. When it doesn't work, then I go to the manual. Yeah. Then you desperate folk retreat to your manuals. Exactly. And <laughs> I anyways, read the error codes before. Beforehand. There you go. I mean, there's so many great opportunities. I mean, everyone should go try to build a computer, even if it's just a smaller, just like older hardware, putting it together. It, it's a joy. Get a mini ATX case, build a little <laughs> server, put a bunch of hard drives in there. It's great fun. Um, the evolution. And it's so easy. It's way easier now than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. So go do it. Yeah. Um, anything else, Frank, you want to talk about building computers? Building computers. I love it. <laughs> No, I had fun. I, I I think it was fun to go down a little nostalgic road there. I, I do have some development. Yeah, yeah, little break. All right, Frank. Well, this has been Merge Conflict. You can find us anywhere and everywhere at our brand new fancy schmancy website. Have you guys seen this? It's amazing. Uh, go to mergeconflict.fm. We are now on the amazing podcasting service called Fireside. Um, it's awesome. We're super excited to be part of the team over there. Um, check out the website. Let us know what you think. We have brand new ways of contacting us. Great, um, great updates to the website so you can get more detailed information. All the podcast players should be updated automatically, so you shouldn't have anything to worry about when it comes to your RSS feed. So that way I don't have to repeat this on the next 25 <laughs> podcasts. You're totally good to go. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you want to hear about. Until next time, this has been Merge Conflict, and I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. <laughs>